good to be with you this morning. It's good to have the kids in here. I just wanted to go ahead, go ahead and prepare for squirm. It's going to happen, okay? But we've prepared for squirm, okay? You know what a squirm is. Have you seen a squirm? You guys know what a squirm is? It's the, okay? It, it's, that happens. But here's, we realized something here. Um, we're making a course correction. Our kids were never in the service with us, and so they never got to see. And so when they got to sixth grade, they were like, what is this? For like K or like from birth until I've been down there with the kids, and now I'm up here with the big the adults. And what's happening? And we, you know what? We need to teach our kids how to learn. And you know, if you've ever, my wife was a kindergarten teacher for a long time, and now she's teaching special ed. You know what the best way for kids to learn is by doing something. And like, it gets a little messy when they're doing something. You know that? Like the other day, my my little boy wanted to buy slime. Okay, have you seen this? Like they sell this. You can make it too, but we've tried to make it, and our slime always turns out to like it's dangerous, okay? It's just, it doesn't turn out the right consistency. So we bought him this big vat of slime at five below for five bucks while we were on, I was at, a, I was preaching at a camp this week. And so we were on the way there. Um, we bought this big thing of slime and we came back and we were, we were playing with the slime and before long, the slime had gotten everywhere because uh, he got it last night. He couldn't wait. He's like, can we, can we open the slime? Can we open the slime? Can we open the slime? And we open the slime, and there it is. I've, I realize right now he's, I'm embarrassing him a little bit, so I won't do that anymore. But we got slime everywhere, and it was really cool because he's a cool kid, and he's right there, and uh, I love him. Okay, so I've realized I've embarrassed him now, so I'll pay for that later, um, as many of you parents know. Um, I just want you to get this. Just, it, it's okay for them to be in here. It's okay for them to be a little bit loud. It's okay for them to squirm a little bit because we're trying to teach them what it means to worship and what it means to hear God's word. So go ahead and just know that, okay? The second thing we're going to do, it's okay also for us to be a little quick, right? Let's get down to the point, okay? I've got three things for you this morning. Three things I want to call you to from the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Three things. I want to call you to prayer. I want to call you to think. And I want to call you to practice. I want to call you to prayer. I want to call you to think. I want to call you to practice. So if you're taking notes in order to obtain, an, obtain a, a prize, and I know some of the, some of the uh, not so uh, junior people in the, uh, in the auditorium are doing that too, okay? It's, there's enough to go around. If you're going to write something down, prayer, think, practice. I'm going to call you that to that. The other day, I want you to know something. We got some great people that work with the teenagers. I'm going to come down here a little bit more, okay? Just to make you feel uncomfortable a little bit, okay? And then part of that is just so we can, we can see each other. Because sometimes I can't see because of the lights here. We'll see if I feed back. I hadn't tried this yet. But this man right here is named Mitch White. He's one of our daring youth volunteers. <laughs> and the other day, me and Mitch, were, um, we were slated to do a race with sleeping bags right in the back here where that little table is, and we were going to put sleeping bags over our heads and inch down and race like worms to the front because we're very mature, okay? Now, this was at youth, okay? It wasn't just like we just decided to do this. I wanted to make that clear, okay? And um, in doing so, <laughs> Mitch got in his sleeping bag, and I got in the sleeping bag, and I forgot how claustrophobic I was, and I came out of that thing I mean, just super quick, and it was really embarrassing for me and probably for everyone else. Like, that's a grown man who freaked out about being in a sleeping bag. So, and, and thinking about that, I, I want, I, have you ever had that type of anxiety? If, you've, if you're claustrophobic, you know it. Get this off of me. I'm going to die and perish. Jesus has a word for a church that, that is, has the potential for anxiety. Remember, this, this, this church in Philippi is in a difficult spot. Paul, the person that helped found and plant this church in prison. They sent a man to help him named Epaphroditus. It didn't work out so well. He got sick, nearly died. On top of that, 
we have a situation in which there's false teachers trying to get the church to, to believe a different gospel. And Paul says, no, you, you can't be made right by doing good things, by doing the works of the law. The only way to be, be made right is to continue in what you have learned and heard, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus bore sin as a perfect sacrifice, being both God and man. He died, he is raised, he's coming again, and, and faith in his finished work is the only way to be right with God. And he calls them to believe that, and, and so in the midst of this, he's finishing up his letter by reminding them of how to fight anxiety with peace. So I brought up that, that, that anxious moment of us, of me trying to put a sleeping bag on to race Mitch and all that anxiety because I bet you know something that makes you anxious too. Can't breathe. Pulse, race, pulse rate elevated. Palms sweaty. Life is filled with anxieties. Jesus would tell us not to be anxious before, because our Father cares for us. And if you go look in the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us all different things about that. And Paul, right here, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, he calls us as, as believers in Jesus to not be anxious. So what does he say? Do not be anxious. Where did you get that don't be anxious from? Well, it's right there, okay? A lot of times reading the Bible is not rocket science. It says, do not be anxious. But it doesn't leave you there, okay? Like, if my wife is feeling anxious, and I go to her and I say, do not be anxious, which I've said before, okay, you know what she says? You may be more anxious. Because if I were to tell you right now, if you're feeling anxiety, I'm saying, well, just stop. You know what that makes you go? I know I shouldn't be feeling like this. And getting a little hot, and then you become more anxious. So the cure for anxiety is not stop it. And that's good news because we are commanded to do it, but then Jesus gives reasons when he talks about anxiety in Matthew chapter six, and Paul gives us a way, of, a way away from anxiety, and here is where he goes. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Anything can mean anything, literally anything. And if you're honest with yourself, you can get worked up over anything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So he says, don't be anxious, but what? When you're saying, let your requests be made known to God, he says, with prayer and supplication, he says, don't be anxious, pray. And then he goes on in verse 7, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's the deal. Don't be anxious, but pray about everything, and through that, you're going to receive peace. Okay, you got that? Don't be anxious, pray peace. So I'm going to call you to prayer. And the prayer here, it, he talks about this prayer is not just, not just asking, but it's, it's rooted in who God is, and it's kind of fleshed out for us here. And so what does he say in verse 6? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, prayer and supplication, both are asking God, and then with thanksgiving. So how do you pray? Well, definitely you ask God. Definitely you approach him in prayer because prayer is just speaking to God. But you do this with thanksgiving. So here's what I like us to do. I'm about to, I told you, you're going to get uncomfortable. I'm walking down the steps. I'm going to start with the kids. Now, notice I'm not giving you a microphone because that's dangerous, okay? But I'm going to walk over here. Is there something you're thankful for? Your house? Because if you didn't have a house, where would you be sleeping? In the street, and it wouldn't be good, all right? How about you? Parents, hey, very nice. That was smart, too, by the way, because, like, here's something later. Food to eat? No, okay, you're good. I was like, no. You got something you're thankful for? What? 
your friend Spencer is right there. All right, that's pretty awesome. I'm over moving over here. You get something you're thankful for? Clothes. Awesome. Family? Food? Yes. Church? Hey, you get extra candy. I mean, Hey, let's, let's move on to the adults here, because here's, here's, the, here's what happens. The problems in the church in Philippi, false teachers, the arrest, persecution of believers, difficulties in the church, two ladies that talk, look in verse 2, two ladies who are well prominent in the church who are fighting with one another. There's a lot of things to think about, and a lot of times our problems are, look big and our God looks small, but God's always bigger than our problems. He's the sovereign Lord of the universe. And so when he's telling this church there, it's, it's in the context of what's going on in their church. And he says, be thankful when you pray. Don't just come with the, the things you need to bring. Yes, come, the, come there, but bring your thanksgiving, your thankful heart towards God. And so a lot of times what we do is we go right to the, help me, Jesus. The problem's big. You can't start there. You got to start with a heart of thanksgiving. Because you want you to know this, God has blessed immeasurably in every situation, even the hard ones. So here's what I want you to, I'm going to walk around. I'm not going to call on you like I did the kids, because I know some of you are like, oh, I hate that man. I hate his guts. You need to repent. I'm kidding. Um, I want to, if you would like to raise your hand, I would call on you, and we're going to do something in here that we've not done in a while. It's getting a little... We didn't talk about this, so we'll talk later about it. So you got something to be thankful for. Yes, Miss Ellen. The Word of God, yes, it is true and right, even when we are not in a crooked and perverse world. God loves you enough, yes, the cross is evidence. Your salvation, amen to that. Grace, because we, we don't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. Guidance, yes. Healthy kids, but we can't take that for granted. And I want to, yes. Amen. Five wonderful kids and that one right there. You're taking her somewhere good for lunch, I guarantee you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And when Jesus, when he was when, in Matthew chapter 6, he says, why would you worry about your life? The heavenly Father, he provides for the, for the sparrows and the birds of the field, or the birds of the field, the, the lilies of the field, and they're clothed better than Solomon. How much more will your heavenly Father care for you? You're made in his image. God is good to us in prayer and us to do that. I wanted us to have a moment of thanksgiving because there's a lot of them. And so we fight anxiety with prayer, which is trusting a sovereign God. Do you know why a kid would come and ask you for a cookie? First off, they, they might fear the wrath, okay, if they ate one before dinner. Y'all ruin your dinner. Secondly, it's because they usually can't reach it. Where do you put the cookie? You don't put those down low. You're not dumb, especially the good cookies. The Milano ones are up there, okay? They're in the adult section, all right? You, <laughs> they can't get it, okay? Why do they ask? because they trust that you have the ability to get it. God is so much greater than us. 
How much more does he give? And so in a situation of anxiety, Paul is calling them to prayer to trust the sovereign God, to trust on, all, on Almighty God, to trust the powerful God, to trust the God who can bring peace, to trust this God, but not just to go to him with your request. You should go with him with your request. That's what it does say, but you come with a thankful heart first. So he says, do not be anxious, fight anxiety. How? And this is not like a this is not a step-by-step process like it happened overnight. Like you take, take prayer, feeling anxious, take prayer with thankfulness and call me in the morning. You'll be fine. That is not necessarily how it's going to work. But this is a fight of faith, okay? But this is the way, this is a pathway to peace that God has given us. And the pathway to peace is not, is not finding our identity in ourselves, but it's finding our identity in him and trusting in him. Faith in him and who he is. So don't be anxious about anything but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So just with thanksgiving and prayer and asking God, believing he can give, believing he's powerful, believing he's good, come and say, God, I need help here in this situation. You give the anxiety after you come and give your thankfulness. And the verse seven says, and the peace of God, as consequentially, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I cannot promise you that if you pray, that you will obtain peace. But I can promise you this. If you don't pray, you never will. The pathway to peace is through prayer, trusting in a sovereign God, bringing our thanksgiving, remembering his blessings, and then coming to him and knowing this, verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. If you are in Christ, you have a peace of a peace that surpasses understanding. And many of you have seen this. Peace, the peace of Christ is seen in the funeral home or on the deathbed. Where you're like, this should be wrecking us, and it is wrecking us, but it's not devastating us completely. You know you're broken down? Like it gets, maybe gets broken down to the, to the foundation of the house gets broken down, but that foundation is still secure, and you know you can build it back up with God's help. That's what we're talking about. That's the piece that surpasses understanding. That's the piece where stuff doesn't look like it's going to work out. But God, God's got it, and you know it, and you believe it, and you've seen it time and time again, and you know his word is true. You know his word is true because he's raised, and you, you, you believe it, and you fight the fight of faith through that. So the, the pathway of peace is through prayer, trusting in that God, making your requests known, and you have a peace that surpasses understanding. Peace is just a contentment in God that he is going to, to meet, meet where you are. And a, obviously peace is, seems to be here the opposite of anxiety. Which Peace does not necessarily account to being calm, because if that's the case, then I'm rarely peaceful, okay? But it means that it's, it's a resting in God, and it surpasses understanding. That is what a hope in Christ will produce, is that. And then it says, and it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So follow me, okay? Don't be anxious, but pray. Pray as a pathway to peace. And the peace of God, it surpasses understanding, and it comes to you through prayer. It can come through prayer. And if you don't pray, you definitely won't get it. But if you do pray, that might be the pathway in which God uses, and he can bring peace into your life. And then we see this little part here, that it will guard your heart. The day of Christ Jesus. Now, I got some kids in here who probably like to play army, and also probably like to. Have you ever played played like freeze tag or something, or capture the flag, and you got a base, and what do you do with the base? 
you usually send somebody to guard the base, which everybody says, don't guard the base. You can't be within five feet of it. What are you going to do? It's inevitable. You're going to guard the base. Thank you. I heard that. I, I, hear, I see that hand, okay? You're going to guard the base. And what are you going to do? Nobody's going to touch the base because we're going to win the game because it's amazing how the competitive streak already happens. Try to let a kid lose something. Shoots and ladders. And dads, you know this too. You want to crush them at shoots and ladders too. It's in you. I will, get, I will crush you at shoots and ladders. I'm the best. Even though shoots and ladders is completely random luck, you're like, I'll take you out, son. You know that's in your heart. You may say, oh, good job. But you're thinking, I'm going to win. Okay? It's just the truth. There's a competitive streak. You know it's true. Don't lie. The <laughs> Lord searches the heart. Okay? You're gar they're guarding the base because they want to win. They don't want you to get there. That's the idea. It's a military guarding here is this word. It comes, it's in usage with military terms. And so God is guarding. It, the peace of God guards our heart through Christ Jesus. Because we can let fear and anxiety ruin us. Now, I do want to be careful here because there, there are some physiological things that go along with that. And if you're seeing a doctor... Um, you need to, you know, continue that, that thing. But once you know something, all your problems, if you do have anxiety, they're not just physiological. They might be physiological to a certain extent, but they're not just. We are a, or a trichotomy, really. We have body, mind, and spirit, soul. And all those, three, all those three things come together as part of your mental health. And what you're called to here is even if you're having the fight and if there's been a diagnosable reason why you have anxiety, it won't, the, the pills alone won't cure it. It might help, and you should take them under the advisement of a physician if necessary. But it can't be alone. Because you're more than just your body. You're not just an animal. Darwin was wrong. You, you were created by a creator who give, has get made you in his image. And so what we see here is that the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. We have to guard our hearts and minds from things, from, from peace. Prayer helps us guard our hearts and minds from letting fear get up in us and make us overly fearful. We're, fear, we're fearful of everything. And that can happen if you let this set up in your life. So what you need is you need prayer to be a pathway to the peace of God that you might be guarded from difficulties and sin and fear to take root in you and destroy you. And then he goes on and says, now, don't just pray, but think correctly. Think. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And he says, so don't just pray as a pathway to peace, but then change your thinking. The peace of God will guard your heart, but your thinking matters. And so think about things that are true, lovely, good. Think about whatever is out there that is, pertains to God. And you know this to be true. You've seen this anecdotally. If you dwell on the problems and your pain, you will be worse off because there is always pain. There are always problems. But I think that's one of the reasons why he told us to pray, not just asking, but to be thankful, to turn our hearts away from just our problems, but to the God who is the one from whom all blessings flow. And here he tells us to train our minds to think on that which is good and lovely. 
think about it. And he gives us many different things. And it's, it's, it's all things pertaining to God is what he's telling us. If you look in verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Turn your thinking around. Fight for your thinking. Just, just this way. In the same way that I can't guarantee you that if you pray, you'll have peace. In the same way, I can't guarantee you if you think, if you think, about God and you think about the good things of God, that, that you will receive peace or that you'll know peace and your heart will be guarded, I can guarantee you this, if your thinking is on wicked things and it's on things that are not lovely and good, then you won't know peace either. Have you ever walked up to somebody at the store and like the, the, the person taking, like their waitress or the person like taking your order or something and immediately they tell you how bad their day is and how much it is awful to work there? And you're like, I'm sorry, I just wanted pork chops, okay? I mean, like, hmm. All right, and you feel bad for that person, but they just kind of do it. And, and you can kind of tell, kind of like they got that Eeyore syndrome, okay? I don't know, life's pretty bad, everything is awful. It's like the opposite of the Lego movie for you kiddos. Everything is awesome, okay? They're like, everything is awful, okay? That is where they are, and with their thinking, comes their attitude in their world. Now, I'm not calling you, to, we've talked about this, I think the power of positive thinking is almost zilch, okay? I'm going to envision that I have a Ferrari, and it's going to be, good luck. Good luck. Hold on. <sighs> nope. All you kids, think about the, the number one toy that you want right now. Just think really hard about it. Be really positive about it. You got it? You got it? Did it appear? No. Okay? There you go. Power of positive thinking is nothing. Oprah's wrong. Okay? The secret is not. It's a lie. All right? So just got it. Oprah's wrong. But we are called to think on things that are lovely, pure, and holy, those things which pertain to God, which are revealed in the Scriptures. And we see this in Psalm 119 when we talk about um, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God to think about God and his graciousness and his good gifts and to think about what is pure and lovely. And here's what, I want you to go and attack some of these thoughts. Because this is, this is a call for the peace of God. It's like most things. God's grace has to be there and we can't accomplish anything without his grace, but also in sanctification and being made like him, we have to participate. And our participation is us training our minds to think on what is good and, tr and, and holy. And even, as Paul would say in other places, to take every thought captive to Christ. And so that means, so, and I, I've said this before to you, but I, I really truly mean it. If there's something that riles you up and makes you anxious, like, unless it's like taking care of your kids, whatever, you have to do that, okay, uh, maybe you need a break, all right? But if it's like a news show or sports talk or a situation that you can remove yourself easily from, well, do it. It's okay if you don't know every headline that comes out on Fox News or CNN and how bad the left or the right is. It's okay to delete that. It's okay to not open up those stories. It's okay to get off Facebook and not get angry at each other or whatever social media thing you're on. It's okay to delete that because you have to guard your thinking. I don't know if you've ever done that. I'm having a good day, and then I look on social media, and then I have a bad day because I'm like, well, that person's dumb. I know you've never said that, okay? Why are they so angry? Then you get disappointed with people. You're like, Why? Why are you going to be so harsh? 
man, that's just, that's hard. And you get disappointed and put out, and then before you know it, you're just like, <clears throat> okay? And you're walking through your day like that. But the call for these believers in Philippi is not to focus on their struggles and to, 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 to do that to a, a point of anxiety, but to take everything with peace and to think on what is good. I'll tell you, I've seen this in churches before. When people decide that they are out on the outs with somebody else, and there's, it could be the pastor, it could be another person in the church, and they just get, they think the worst about that person, and there's nothing that can change their minds, and they dwell on it all the time, and they come back, and they tell, and then, then, so every time you see them, they talk about the same exact thing and the same about person. Do you know what so-and-so did? you know what so-and-so did? Have you heard that before? you ever felt that before? you ever seen that before? And what happens? Before long, there's hate that has, has metastasized in their heart and life, and they have not been thinking on what is good and commendable. They have not been thinking about forgiveness. They have not been thinking about the forgiveness in Christ. They have not been thinking about a new life. They have not been thinking about who God is. They have not been thinking about any of that, and before long, their guard is down. Something has come in their heart, and now there's pain that will go to and spread out throughout a congregation and a church and even a family. Paul does not want this to happen to the Philippians. He wants them to pray and fight anxiety and, and know God's peace, trusting in God's peace, and he wants them to think on what is good, commendable, holy. There's a, that's all same words to be thinking about, thinking about the word of God, who God is, his good gifts, and don't think about the things which are negative and, and sinful. Finally, he ends with this. So pray, think, practice. Here we go. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the peace of God will be with you, including the prayer. This includes the things that he has Received that they've received and practiced includes his, his information about prayer and other things about the gospel. And he says, put them into practice. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but have you ever like decided, like, yo, it's time for me to get in shape. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get. Some, of, some of you guys are like, it's time to get swole. I'm going to pump some iron, okay? It's time to get, like, you know, get looking like the rock, okay? Or you're saying, it's time to lose some poundage. So what do you do? You go on the internet, which can be dangerous, and you look up some fad diet, okay, like you swallow a tapeworm or whatever, or you're going to, you know, you know, we've done this recently where you're just going to eat meat and butter, you know, oh, keto, okay? You do that, and you're going to, you get all these things together. Now, you can know a lot about it, but if you don't put it into practice, you know what will happen. Literally nothing, and sometimes the reverse, I was looking at all these recipes and it made me hungry. I gained 10 pounds looking at diet recipes, okay? I thought pizza sounds good. And before long, you have gone backwards. So Paul tells us these things that he has told us about unity in the church. Remember, this is kind of wrapping up the letter at this point. All the things we have come through, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the good times and in the bad times. Always rejoice in the Lord. Remember that there is so much good in fellowship with one another. Remember, if there's any consolation in Christ, if there's any hope from his peace, then fulfill my joy by being, being like-minded, by being one mind. So he's calling the church to these things. Practice these things. Put them in. If you are having anxiety, fight with peace and fight with thinking on on that which is good and commendable, which may be for you, hiding God's word in your heart and using that as the way to bludgeon the anxiety. Just, just mention it. In fact, it may be that you memorize the first verse here, don't be anxious. 
but in everything in prayer and supplications, make your, make your way, make your request known to God. And so what happens when anxiety starts welling up, when you get in your proverbial sleeping bag for your worm race and you get that? When that seeps up, then you just go, don't be anxious. Maybe don't yell it. You can. It depends on where you are. You scare the kids in the back. Mom, just yell, don't be anxious. We got to tone it down. You just you use that to fight. You fight. You put into practice the truth. I want to leave you with this. A young man was sitting in, and this is a true story. A young man was sitting in a high school class. A girl walked in who was wearing less than she should have been. The young man stood up and yelled, flee youthful us, flee youthful us, and ran out of the classroom. It was not me. I want to go ahead and predict that, but I, <laughs> it was, I remember it very well. I was at uh, Panama City Christian School. I was in ninth grade, and all of us were like, whoa. Now, I'm not recommending to do that necessarily, but he was using Scripture to fight the fight of faith. And I call us to take every thought captive to Christ, to not be anxious, but what? With everything by prayer and supplication, fight for peace, and God's peace will guard our hearts. His angel armies, his goodness will guard our hearts. And on the way to the pathway of peace, we need to think about what is good, commendable, holy, whatever is praiseworthy, not the negative, taking thoughts captive to Christ, and then put these things into practice. And then what is he, how, does he, how does he finish it out? What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, do them. And then he ends with this to show you this is all about the peace of God. And the God of peace will be with you. I can tell you this. There's a lot of people that say God, God wants you to be, God wants you to be rich. You've got to fourfold, throw your money in. You, you give money here, you're going to receive this much back. That is called hogwash. I can tell you this, though. God does want you to know peace in your life. He is called the God of peace. Peace with God only comes through Jesus Christ. It only comes with walking in the Spirit, with a trust in the sovereign God, praying, thinking on what is good and commendable, and putting into practice, killing your sin, and fighting the fight of faith. And God is a God of peace, and he wants peace in your life. Not freedom from struggle. That's not what peace is. But it's a peace that passes understanding, that he would say. A peace that in whatever storm you're in, whatever difficulty you find in him, your trust. God, my marriage is falling apart. I don't know what to do. In you, there's peace. I want to walk in you. God, my family is having problems. Kids are struggling here. I'm struggling with this. Come to him, the God of peace. He wants that in your life. He does it. The storm may not end, but he, he wants to be that rock in the middle of it, that calm in the middle of the storm. So I want to do this. We're going to pray. Make sense? Told us to do that. So I want to do this a minute. I guarantee you something. Clint's going to come up because he, he got it under control. We're going to do this. Um, it's okay if there's some squirming or some noise being made because prayer times usually aren't completely quiet. Try to get quiet to pray and see how much noise comes. But I want us to take a few minutes and pray and give our, give our anxieties to the Lord. And there may be something big you need to pray about. Just leave it to him. You may need to ask God for peace. You may need to ask God to help your thinking because your thinking is trending towards the negative and not what is commendable and good. 
you may be needing to put some of these things into practice and you need to repent of your of your cold heart to him become that but i just feel like we just need a few minutes of prayer so let's all bow in prayer and at the end i'll close this Help us not to be just overcome with anxiety, but help us know your peace through prayer and thinking and practice of what we have received from your word. Help us, God, we pray. We want to be different and changed. If there's anyone here that does not know you, Lord, I pray that today would be the day they turn from their sins and trust you. And if there's any any doubt in their mind, Lord, they would come and speak to Tom or myself or another person they trust who they know knows the Lord. And I pray today would be the day that they would trust you. Or if there's anyone dealing with anxiety, difficulties, we pray, Lord, that you would um, be there with them to bring peace. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.